Amen. Well, it's good to have Pastor Aaron and Jackie with us tonight. Praise the Lord. God bless you guys. Amen. Snuck in. Hallelujah. I was excited. He gave a tremendous testimony uh, about their service there. He had a, they had a, a tremendous crowd, and he had 10 people make decisions on Sunday there at Radius Church. So that was a blessing. Praise God. Hallelujah. So excited for that. Excited for what God is doing there in, in his heart. And I really enjoyed what he said today, too, concerning, I don't know if he said it, if it was, I only saw it today, maybe he put it on some other time, but he put it on Facebook there to stop being a critic about all the folks complaining about those college kids being excited for God. Let's get in and let's enjoy it. Let's believe God with them. I like that. So, uh, you know, which, which in turn, you know, that's, that's one of the things that uh, people always say, well, how come it's not happening here? Well... Depending upon how, how excited you get about when it, what God's doing everywhere else and what God's doing determines kind of what he does in your life there. Amen. You know, there's, there's the passion of our hearts or the passion that we have and the desire. Because people always ask, well, why isn't it happening here? Well, how hungry are we? How much do we desire that? How much are we going to give time to God? Amen. You know, give, giving him uh, what he desires, you know. I mean, there's a wonderful scripture in James chapter 4. You guys can go ahead and turn over there if you'd like. Or just, and I'm not sure about tonight. Uh, man, I had a... Uh, I mean, praise God, though. That's always a good thing. But um, I mean, I was praying this afternoon. A lot of things going on. But I, I mean, I pulled out six, seven, eight different sermon, different things that just kept coming out. I said, God, uh, either you're confused or I'm confused. So I'm going to say I'm confused. So we need to figure this out here. What do you want to do? What are your plan? What is your purpose? Uh, and I think, you know, when you see things like this or you see things and you hear stuff, you know, everybody wants to run to the spot. But, you know, there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says that, uh, you know, it rained in one city and it didn't rain in another city. And uh, those people went from, they went from their city that it didn't rain into the city where it rained, but they weren't satisfied. They never gonna, you're never going to be satisfied unless it rains in your city. You're never going to get satisfied unless it rains on you. You know, and that's, that's, that's a personal gospel, but it's also just getting hungry and, and taking, making time, making time and saying, I'm just going to set myself to, to uh, hunger for God. I'm going to set myself to seek him. I'm going to set uh, uh, what I desire to see here to him. And so many times we have to ask ourselves, you know, how hungry are we? And we also have to ask ourselves, you know, how passionate, how desire, what is it that we really want? And we, we pray and we're praying because when we talk about revival, we talk about, uh, you know, God wanting to show up. Listen, God's a holy God. If God shows up, you better be ready. You know, the same power of electricity that blesses us. But if you go over here and open up this panel and stick your hand on those wires, it's not going to bless you. It's going to shock you. So sometimes people get shocked by the things of God instead of enjoying the things of God. But we also got to get comfortable in the area of God. Amen. Here in, in, in James chapter 4, verse um, 
6 says this. He said he gives more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. Then he said, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse 8. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Now, isn't it funny? We always stop right there, but look at the next part. It says, clean your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And, and James isn't talking to uh, sinners he, in those things there. He's talking to the church. Of course, he's calling the church. He said, you better take care of your own self here. Because he wants us to draw nigh. How many you know when you draw nigh to God, he shows some things up on in the inside of you? But that's good because what is he endeavoring to do? He's trying to get you pure so that you can receive his pureness. You can, he's trying to get you holy in the sense of understanding how awesome it is to receive his holiness in a presence and allow God to change your lives. But it's grabbing a hold of that passion and that desire, that hunger. You know, I mean, I think that's, you know, what happens in a lot of times because believe it or not, we determine the level of intimacy we want with God. We determine how blessed we want to be with God. We determine how, how much re- interaction we're going to get. We determine what God's going to do in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. I like it. The New Living Translation says this in Psalms 28, verse 1. It says, Oh, Lord, you're my rock of safety. Please help me. Don't refuse to answer me, for if you are silent, I might as well give up and die. Which simply means, you know, you got to get to the place of, God, i got to hear you. God, I want to know you. God, I desire you. God, I want to be in your presence. That's what I want. Because your presence, you'll show me things. Your presence, you'll set me free of things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God, I need to hear what you have to say, which means I've got to get quiet enough to listen. But also I need to understand that, you know, prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. It's not me. To, it's God speaking into my heart. Amen. And it's the communion of the Holy Spirit. And it's that heart passion, that heart's desire. You know, we talked about it, and you know, I ministered, like I said, it was, a, it was, you know, spinach and green beans on Sunday in the sense of not trying to give you a, a spiritual spanking, but we have to be the ones who have to be holy. We have to be the ones that have to be the example. We have to set the standard of how God is and who he is and what he has and what God has said. Amen. Because there's a goofy gospel out there and a goofy thing about grace that you can live immoral lives. You can live and do anything you want to do. No, sin will separate you. Sin will break your fellowship. It may not break your relationship, but it'll totally break your fellowship. I mean, how many of you love to be around relatives who are jerks? You don't even like to be around your kids when they're jerks, okay? So, you know, it's understanding that we've got to have this. And listen, it's not an option anymore. There's no longer a spectator church. It's no longer an option. You know, the enemy is is arrayed against us. The enemy is going full force. And so here's the thing. It comes into this thing, and I want to talk to you about three or four things tonight. Number one is fellowship. And that's understanding that, yeah, you might do something. It doesn't break your relationship with God, but it breaks your fellowship, and it destroys your powerfulness. Because just because you're related to somebody... And if you have like a rich uncle or you're, you know, somebody like that, just because you're related to him doesn't mean you're going to get anything from him. Not unless you have fellowship with him. Not unless he likes you. Okay? The key to it with God is, is that we've got to learn how to fellowship with him. We've got to draw nigh unto God that he draws nigh unto us. 
says, well, how do I draw nigh unto God? Well, through his word and by the spirit of God, you draw nigh unto him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And you know, it's funny. When I read the book of Acts and I read about Paul and Peter and James, all these guys talking, it seems like that they and the Holy Spirit, they, they were workers together. That they didn't have, it wasn't hard for them to hear the voice of the spirit. Y'all okay? I can't help it that God wants to smack you every time you show up. To, I'm just not trying to do that. I'm trying to just be nice if I just preach a real nice message. But the key is, is that I have to follow God. Amen? You know, because God wants us to have communion with him. He wants us to have fellowship with him. And, and you're, how strong your fellowship with God will be, how much you know God's going to stand behind and stand with you to perform what he wants to perform. Amen? But it sounds like they, they had it together. They were comrades together. They knew what God was going to do. The Apostle Paul, it's amazing. He, he went and he was in prison. All these things that transpired in his life. And yet, you know, he never once, glory to God, that he didn't think anything about going and doing in his life except he knew that everywhere he went he was going to get beat up and thrown in prison. Wouldn't that be a joy to know that every time you wake up, somebody's going to beat me up today. And I'm probably going to go to jail. But in that wonderful glory to God, in the joy to serve God. <laughs> now, none of us really want to do that, but in his life, his thing, that's what he said. He said that in Acts. He said that, you know. I mean, we see some things taking place where Paul began to listen to the Holy Spirit. He began to pray, began to let God be God, and God always spoke to him. You remember even when uh, Agabus came and he grabs, he, he grabs Paul's you know, girdle, it says in the King James, and he t- binds his hand and he says, whoever owns this is going to get bound when he goes to Jerusalem. And everybody says, don't go there telling them not to go. And there's a lot of people who teach that Paul missed it there. I don't believe he missed it because he got thrown in jail. And that's when he wrote, you know, uh, several of our letters in the Bible. So thank God he was away. But Paul said this. He says, listen, don't, don't break my heart. I'm not only ready to be bound, but I'm ready to die. And I think that's the key thing is that we've got to look at our lives and we've got to say we've got to grab fellowship with the Holy Spirit and we've got to take time to do that. Hallelujah. And it takes time to have conversation. It takes time to fellowship. Amen. Do you ever go to somebody's house and they're busy doing everything while you're sitting in the living room and they're going into the kitchen, they're going over here, they go into a different time zone, they're still talking, but they're doing all their things and they invited you over and you're like, hmm, this is interesting. I mean, why did I come? Amen. Now we need to have our hearts. But not only that, what does fellowship do? This thing, the next thing I want to talk about is about sharing. Hallelujah. And sharing together with the Holy Spirit all of everything about you and not being afraid to let God touch all the areas of your life. How many of you know that many times we let God certain do things, but he won't let him touch other areas of our lives? And, uh, you know, when you come together to sharing and you come together, uh, together to share together, that gives a connotation that you're going to actually talk about things. How many you know God doesn't want you to talk around things? He already knows all things. He already knows anything. Why don't you just talk to him? Just blurt it out there. Blah. Here we go. You ready? You know. Hallelujah. Romans 9.1 says this in the New Living Translation. It says, in the presence of Christ, I speak with utter truthfulness. I do not lie. And my conscience and the Holy Spirit confirm that what I am saying is true. <clears throat> Here's the thing I found out. If you're not going to share your thoughts with the Lord, he's not going to share his inner thoughts with you because he knows you're not going to value those things. How do you know God's going to value you? He value, you're the most important thing that he has. 
It's hard for people to imagine that, especially if you haven't had a very good life or this thing. You don't know. But God values you. It's so funny because people will tell me, you know, because I always talk about the great cloud of witnesses in heaven. And when somebody dies, they become a part of that. And they're praying for you and I. Especially if they know you, they're going to continue to pray. And people say, well, they got better things to do in heaven. It's like, what do they have to do in heaven? Tell me what they're doing other than praying for the rest of the family to come home, for Jesus to be able to be sent by the Father so that Jesus can rule and reign, that we can all come back and rule with him, and then that we can put the devil after a thousand, throw him in the pit. We can have a new heaven, a new earth, because that's God's plan. You know, they're in heaven waiting for us, and so they're praying, and they're interceding for us, and they're a part of that, and they're cheering us on. Hallelujah. Why? Because the most valuable thing in heaven is you and I. Thank you for your overwhelming response. See, we look at this thing and we, we, we think that, uh, you know, well, who are we? What are, you got, that's why, you know, that's why this thing's going to come to end. Why Jesus is coming back soon is because the human race is destroying the human race. Because of all this junk and all this stuff and everybody's trying to push off all their agendas and all these different things and trying to ruin our kids and all. That's what, and, and see, you got to understand, Jesus died for the whole world. He died for people. God created people so he could have a family, so he could have fellowship, so that he could begin to commune. He wants and desires that with you and I. And that's his passion. Amen? I mean, you guys got to understand, Jesus got back to us everything that Adam lost in the garden. And how many know the greatest thing that Adam had was God coming down in the cool of the evening and talking to him? Did you know that God wants to talk to you through the Holy Spirit? That's why he put it on the inside of you. That's, his, that's what God wants to do. God could do other things. God could have done. But he came down to Adam and he wanted to fellowship with his man. God still wants to fellowship with his man. Amen. And when you long for that, you're going to become like, 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 like Enoch. You know, you're going to come like him and you're going to get so far over with Jesus. He's going to say, you know, with God, come on over. Just, 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 just come on over. You're closer to heaven than you are there. Let's just come on over here. And he was not, you know, because he was walking and walking and fellowshipping with God. Sometimes we get to that point and we don't know how to share together. It's amazing how many people don't know how to share their, their hearts. They don't know how to share their, you know, and, and, and if you're not this great communicator, that's okay. God understands your heart. He actually understands when you're just not even making any sense. Amen. He does, you know. I mean, that's what he'll do. He, he actually knows what you mean when you say it just because nobody else does and nobody else can understand you, but God can. Amen? Because God made us partners. God made us connected that he wanted us to do things together, not apart. I mean, the Holy Spirit's our helper. He's going to help us do things. He's connected with us. Hallelujah. You know, I love this. You know, what, what Luke said this. Luke said this. In, in writing the book of Acts, he said, it seemed good to me. Isn't that amazing? It just seemed good to me to write to you, O Theophilus, this whole thing. I'm going to write to you and tell you the whole story because it just seemed good. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit just gets, it seems good on the inside of you for, you for you to do some things here. It just seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seems good. See, God's heart, his desires for us to take hold of this. You know, we talk about, isn't that nice? But you know, you got to get hungry. You gotta get hungry. You gotta want to be there. You gotta wanna be a part of it. You know? I always ask the Lord, I said, Lord, why isn't there the hunger and the desire that used to be here? 
when you were seeing and knowing, you know. It was so funny because when I was 19 years old, 18 and 19 years old, I got filled with the Holy Ghost, got called into ministry, got connected with, you know, uh, Brother Hagin's ministry and Raymond and, and just knew that God called me there. Of course, you know, before that, if you want to go back, uh, you know, uh, before that, we had the Jesus movement. You had young people, kids just getting saved all around here. That movie's out now that's, you know, there with Chuck Gerard, you know, depicting his life and, and Chuck Smith and all that. And if you were here and you lived through that, you know, you'd come to church and you'd see three or four young people, you know, 18, 19, 20, sleeping on front of the door. They're waiting for God to do something in this, your church. And they were just remodeling, hey, I'm just came here to sleep. So we're, we're hiking. We're believing God. God sent us over here to pray and God sent us over here to do this. Y'all looking at me weird. No, that's what's what's going on. But see, then all of a sudden, here I am as a 19-year-old kid, and Brother Hagin's at that time, he's he's almost 60, you know, and he seemed old. (laughs) You know, and and it seemed like, oh my gosh, you know, here it is. But yet, funny thing about it is all of us young people that were there, that God drew us there supernaturally, hungry for the things of God. And it was funny, we were listening, we're, we're, we're these you know, late teens and early 20s, young people that are hungry for God listening to an old guy. And we'd hang out and stand in line for five hours to get a seat on the front row. In 20 degree weather. Amen. You know, five days in a row, we want to get there. We want to see because God was moving. There was a hunger. So you see that, I said, because everybody was expecting. Everybody was expecting. And it was funny, we didn't even really know we were in revival. We didn't know we were in revival. We were in incredible revival. We were in incredible revival. It was amazing what God was doing in the miracles, the signs, and the people that were getting born again into the kingdom of God. It was amazing what God did. In those, in those things, in, in meetings and stuff. It's just the hunger and the desire. You know, the people would come and camp out. Amen. And I, and I share that with you because you, we've got to create that again. We've got to create that passion that when God says, let's do it, let's stop what we're doing, let's know that this is more important than anything else in all the world. I mean, I was in a meeting and I shared this because the Spirit of God just spoke to me to do this because when we talk about things, we have this heart desire and, uh, you know, we, and we see this and we kind of go, well, isn't that nice? No, that's, thank God that that's pouring out. I'm so excited. I want it to keep going. I'm praying for it to keep going. I'm praying for it to spread across, go to other college, go to everything, go to every Christian college it is because they have chapel. Let it be, let the power of God, let them be touched by the things of God. And, you know, it's so wonderful because everything I've read about it it's like you know the cool thing is everybody's repenting that's funny because everybody's asking God to forgive them of their sins God I love you God and they're crying out to God just for his 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 love and his grace amen but see God's desire God wants to do that he wants to show you things to come he wants to speak to you his heart is that why it's because God wants to be God God wants to be the closest person in your life Jesus wants to be your best friend he wants you to be closer than your wife, your husband, your kids. He wants you to know, he wants you to know him better than anybody else. Yes. Amen? Amen? You know, in Acts chapter 13, there was a group of guys that got together. They're praying at the church at Antioch. And there's, talks about, it starts out there and ends with Saul. And uh, 
They're talking about it, and they're praying. And as they're praying, the Holy Spirit says some things. The Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said some things. What does it mean to minister to the Lord? Didn't talk about ministering to one another. What does it mean to minister to the Lord? I believe they were singing and worshiping to him, that God, thou art God. You're the creator of the universe. You're awesome. This is who you are. It's funny, every time we see in the Bible, when the book of Acts, they always lift up their voice and say, God, thou art God. You're the one. And they magnify who he is. Not what he can do, but who he is. All those things there. When you get the bigness of your God and you minister to the Lord, you're, just, you're honoring him. Then the Holy Ghost said some things. He, told, he said, separate me, Saul and Barnabas, to the ministry whereunto I've sent them. And that's when they went out into their ministry you know, uh, to go and do the missionary journey, that first missionary thing. Because he, that's when Saul and Barnabas stopped being prophet and teacher and became apostles. They were sent once. Supernatural things were taking place, but a heart hunger. And I'm just going to share with you. You know, I was in a meeting. You know, it, it, of course, it was a camp meeting, and uh, Brother Hagen got up and he's talking. And, you know, we'd been we'd been there for two and a half hours already, just with all the singing, jumping, shouting, running, all the different things there. And Brother Hagen's preaching. All of a sudden, he's preaching, and he falls out under the power of God. Just bam! Nobody caught him. He just bounced. <laughs> And Pastor Hagen, who was Ken Jr. at the time, gets up and he says, well, well, yeah, we don't know how long it's going to be out here, but, you know, we just, hey, that's just sometimes this happens, you know, but, you know, we can, you know, y'all can go home if you want to. You know, and I'm, I'm an usher on the front row. I'm supposed to be, I'm right there, and I'm like, I ain't moving. I ain't, if, if he's in the building, I ain't moving until, until he leaves the building, then I'm going to leave the building. You know, well, about three hours later, or maybe more, he wakes up and gets up and starts prophesying and speaking to us like, you know, he just got up like, like he was right there, like he'd only been out for 20 seconds. And I was like, man, I am so glad I did not leave the building. Because you cannot understand the power, the presence, and the treasures of what transpires. Some says, well, we don't got that kind of time. Now you know why. We don't see the power of God and the presence of God. <laughs> I understand that. You know, I am the world's worst when it comes to time. Can I ask my wife? I like to start on time. I like to end on time. Hallelujah. <laughs> I train that and I mean, it's, it's inbred in me. It's hard. You know, it's just like, uh, just, I go, I just, I pray and I'm working on me, guys. I am working on me in this. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I do remember God's always putting me in remembrance of these things. He's always putting me in remembrance of what we need to do to allow the Spirit of God time. And, you know, sometimes He needs time. Now, thank God God can do things in the restraints. I mean, God's doing so much in the restraints that we're giving him. He's amazing. He is amazing. But you know what? Hallelujah. I really believe this, that the Holy Spirit wants to share with us more than we know. And I really believe that he's calling us. I really believe that. I mean, we're going to have to do that. Someone says, well, how do we do that? Well, you know, we have our set things. We have do. I know that. But we're going to have to have other set times. You know, where we do, we're talk, we talked about a testimony and a worship time, and uh, we're going to do that. Uh, we are. We're gonna, I'm, I'm working on getting that so that, you know, just uh, so that we actually have time. We can do things. We're not, we're not bound by time. 
Because listen, if you're stuck in the nursery or the kids and you've been there for four hours, there's a challenge. Yeah, amen? Because I, I did that. When that's how I started out in ministry, you know, with the three-hour services, I was in the nursery and I was in the kids with the, with the charismatic churches. Hallelujah. And when you've got 300 kids for three and a half hours, you better know what you're doing. You better pray in the Holy Ghost big time. Hallelujah. You better you stand on your head. Hallelujah. You do what you can do. And those kids are tired. Hallelujah. Because their attention span went for 15 minutes at the most. And that's stretching it. Amen. But you were there because you knew their parents were getting ministered to. You knew that life was changing, that their parents were being healed, they were being set free, that God was making deposits. And you were getting deposits in the kids too. And you were just getting the life of God. And you were teaching them about these things and, and believing God for the power and the presence of God. Amen? That's our heart's desire, isn't that? And the reason I share this is because I know God's desire is that. You know, you can blame this sermon on Pastor Aaron, okay? He's the one that did it. He put it on Facebook there, said, quit being a critic. And uh, mess, mess, you know, I just thought, you know, hey, you know, start out. But it's like, hey, no, it was very good because, listen, we cry out to God. We desire God. We want that presence to be so incredibly wonderful, because everybody always asks me, after I share stories like that, they say, well, how did you sit there for three and a half hours? Easy. The presence of God was electrifying. One of the things is I was afraid to move. I didn't want to die. I thought, this is too sacred. This is too holy. I ain't moving. We're just going to be here. You know, because when Pastor Edgar Kenneth Jr. at the time, he just walked over and sat down. He didn't leave the building. He's not dumb. He wasn't leaving the building. He'd been there before. He said, no, we're going to wait and see. We want to see what happens. See about the glory of God. Amen? We want to wait and we want to see that. And thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the truth of the Holy Spirit. Because he's come to help us and guide us and show us. And guess what? We're going to continue. We're going to heart hunger. And when God does, we are going to step into it. And we are going to stay in there until God says, hey, it's okay. Amen? Hallelujah. Mm. Because, you know, isn't it amazing in John's gospel, and I'm going to close with this. In John's gospel, Jesus is telling his disciples, you know, John 14, 15, and 16, and 17, you know, that's Jesus' last words with his apostles, and he's really sharing with them. But in John there, he starts talking to them in John 16, and of course, you know, John 16, 13 says, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he'll guide you into all truth. But before that, Jesus said, I've got so much to tell you, but you can't grab it now. But when the Holy Spirit's in you, Man, are you going to be able to understand and know everything? You're going to know all things. You're going to know things to come. Amen? Let me read it to you out of the New Living Translation, verses 12 through 15. He said, oh, there's so much more I want to tell you. Wow. And then he says this, but you can't bear it now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not, pre- he'll not be presenting his own ideas. He will be telling you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by revealing to you whatever he receives from me. And all that, that the father has is mine. That is what I mean when I say that the spirit will reveal to you whatever he receives from me. He's going to share with And guess what? He's still doing that. So that we know the future. We know the times and the seasons. 
We know what's going to take. Why? Because we've got the spirit of truth living on the inside. We just got to get still enough to hear his voice, still enough to know and to walk into it. And the reason that it's so much more that if we did it together, the corporate anointing is so much more powerful. God just does things when you get a group, when you get people come together in unity in one accord, bam, supernatural things begin to happen. There's a heart hunger. Amen? So just get ready. You're about to get blessed. You're about to get things. Glory to God's going to do supernatural things in our life. It's that passion. It's the passion of our heart. It's our desire. Because we're not going to be satisfied. No, I didn't think about getting on a plane and going to Kentucky. That never crossed my mind. You know, on any of the revivals, it's never crossed my mind to go and to do. I mean, and that's nothing wrong with people God, if God told you to do that. But I was like, God, I'm not going to be satisfied until it's here. I'm just not. Because I know that scripture in the Old Testament. I know that, that God, I'm so thankful for it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Glory to God. It's, this it's, it needs to come here. We need to see it here. And I'm not going to, you know, that's, I, I'm gonna, and I'm desiring that. You know? It's got to just you know, come a time where you just, hey, we just do it. Amen. We just allow God to be God. Let's pray. Father, we honor you tonight. Thank you for your amazing grace. And, and we love you and praise you. And thank you, Father, for the Holy Spirit. Father, our heart's desire, we want you to reign at Harvest Bible Church. We want you to reign on Stockton. We want you to reign on Lodi. We want you to reign in every church. Father, we want you to reign the power of the presence. Just your glory. For your glory, lives to be changed. People to come back to God. People to come to God. Father, for the healing and the power and the presence of God. And for your voice to be heard. Hallelujah. Just that voice from heaven. Hallelujah. Lord, we, we honor you for it. And we have a hunger. And we have a desire. It's a passion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we're not critics. Father, we are just children of God that we love you and we desire your presence. And we won't be satisfied till we see your reign. Hallelujah. Even in a greater degree. We thank you that we've seen it. And we continue to see things. And we thank you that you keep bringing us showers. But Father, we're just waiting, hallelujah, for a downpour. Hallelujah. That opens up into, we are going to grab a hold of that, Lord. And that's what we're hungry for. That's what we're hungry for. Father, we're hungry for those things. And we thank you for it. Father, thank you for all of these folks. And thank you, Father. The greatest thing is, is getting people born into the kingdom of God. People making decisions for Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, believing in their heart and con- confessing Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. And truly, truly acknowledging you and knowing that they've tr- been, been taken out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of your dear Son. Lord, thank you for that now. Just thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Hey, we always do this on Wednesday night. We're going to receive our Wednesday night offering at the end of the service. We do that. So blessed that all of you guys are here. So if you need an envelope or if you know how to give there, you can. But if you need an envelope, they're right there in the seat pockets in front of That's my offering there. Did you already do yours by your phone? <laughs> Hey, it's always good. She's doing, gotta, gotta give, gotta sow. It's good stuff. <laughs> Amen. Usually on Wednesdays, I do mine by my phone, but now that uh, she's all tied in here, I bring in mine. She's doing hers on her phone, so it's good. Hallelujah. It's good stuff. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Well, she got mad. I was doing all the tithing last year. She said, No, I wanna do my own. I said, Okay. So she's doing her own. 
she wants to, I, I don't think she trusts me. She don't think I was doing it right or something. That's okay. <laughs> oh, I was getting, well, well, I thought we were one. We're doing, but anyway, it's all good. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. We, you know, it is, it's a, it is precious. Let's pray over this right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory and honor. Thank you as each one purposes in their heart to give, so let them give. Father, even all those that are watching, let them give. And so thank you, Father, you continue to cause increase to come into uh, Harvest Bible Church. Father, you continue to do that. Lord, we thank you for it. Thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Ushers, go ahead. Let's receive this offering here. Hallelujah. If you have your offering, the ushers just hand it, hold it up there so they can see it, so they can get it. Praise the Lord. Hey, ladies, you have your uh, ladies' uh, breakfast this coming Saturday, 9 o'clock. Praise the Lord. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. And then also all of you uh, that are, have signed up for the uh, kids' uh, teaching with uh, David Bisbee, who's going to be teaching on creation and sharing you how to teach. It's the whole seminar. It's going from 10 o'clock until 3 o'clock this Saturday. Praise God. We're glad. We have about 26 people signed up on that. So that's a blessing. And uh, we're looking forward to that. It's going to be cool. And so, and if you haven't signed up, you want to come, just talk to Pastor Pamela there. She'll get you all connected. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's what's going on this week. That's what's happening. Also, Sunday morning, we have the baby dedication. So if you haven't, I know we've got at least four, all right? How many do we have four, right, so far? Miss Leticia, we have four. How many? Five now. Five, Five, okay. I knew, I thought Greg said we might have added another one, but I didn't know. So we have five. Five babies we're going to be dedicating on Sunday, so that's going to be wonderful. Hallelujah. And uh, so it's going to be a really cool thing. So anyways, praise God. We love all of you. We love all of you that are watching. And uh, glory to God. Well, God bless all of you. You're dismissed. Amen.